0: Hi there, everyone. Um, this is my fifth episode, and I think I'm going to talk about um, some of the calls that we've had to uh, to dispatch and go on over the years. Uh, we operate as the city pound, and we also have the contract for animal control for the city. And back a few years, to or I should say, up until a few years ago we handled all of the cruelty investigations uh, for this entire large area. So we are getting um, different complaints and we're dispatching calls constantly. And we've had a lot that have stood out. (laughs) Um, And times have really changed um, in a lot of ways, but not in others. Uh, So back in the day, um, we didn't have cell phones, so we used to have the the um, the people that handled the calls. We always just call them like the officers, basically, or the drivers. Um, back in the day, the drivers uh, would have um, like the police type of radios. Um, you know, the the big like walkie-talkie ones, and we had. The other, I don't know, the dispatch part of the radio, I guess you would say, in the office. And after hours, we still would have somebody that would attend to calls. Uh, one person would do the on-call shift, and we still do have that. So that part hasn't changed. But what has changed is without cell phones back then and with nobody being in the office the drivers would get their calls basically from an answering service who would dispatch the calls after hours using a pager. So the officers would have to find a payphone um, to call the, the original complainants back. So if you think of it, if they're out at three in the morning and they're getting, you know, a shady call about something, they have to answer the pay or check the pager, I should say, and if it doesn't have all the details, they got to drive and find a payphone and make sure they had a quarter, (laughs) and and then get out their trusty old paper map and go to the call. Though, you do get really good with the city um, once you've been doing that particular job, and and some of the other jobs, too, because time is of the essence for a lot of these. Uh, But back in the old days, uh, my co-worker Carlo... Prided himself on being the guy, (laughs) the guy who did the calls, the Lone Ranger. Uh, And I remember him telling a story of how he, because we did enforcement back then too, and so they they would go out and if somebody's dog was continuously loose and a safety concern for the dog and also for the neighbors that are around, possibly, and it's breaking a bylaw, so the drivers could go out and they could ticket the owners, um, which, as you can imagine, <laughs> people don't want that. Uh, it's not appreciated when it's directed at them. So it, it was a very dangerous job, especially when that person is out there by themselves with essentially no weapons. Uh, in later years, they did end up getting um, like the, the collapsible baton, but in the early years, they didn't have anything. And Carlo, being out there, um, one of his things would do to do was he did investigative work, too, where... Because um, people lie, obviously. So he would pay off kids to give them information about who actually owns this dog and when it's out and stuff like that. And, I don't know, just him telling these stories would just crack me right up because it just... It just was funny. It's still funny to me. Um, But he also told a story of one time how he was taking somebody's dog, and I don't remember the reason, but the owner showed up, and he actually got punched out of his shoes. (laughs) So It's so bad to laugh about it. But at the time, I'm sure it wasn't funny. He was okay. Um, But he could tell a good story, so that was always one that would make me laugh. As bad as it sounds. Uh, but stuff like that happened back then. And nowadays, like, can you imagine that happening? Um, charges would be pressed so quickly. <laughs> but back then, you know, he just got up, shook it off, and went about his day. And still tried to gather the, uh, the stuff that he needed to make sure this guy had to pay up after. <laughs> and now it would be a completely different situation. Um, so that was kind of some of the calls that we would get. I remember one of my favorite calls was we had a a very elderly lady call and she told us she found an animal and she needed us to pick it up. Um, She didn't know what kind of animal it was, but she said it kept coming to her patio. So she felt sorry for it, (laughs) let it in, warmed up blankets and wrapped them up and, and kept them warm until we got there. She had no idea what kind of animal this was none it was a it was a ferret <laughs> and uh, the fact that she just was so worried about him being warm it was the cutest thing ever like how awesome was that old lady you know so cute so he was fine i remember he ended up going up for adoption and he did well ferret is one animal that i'd never had That I have to have at some point I I just love them they stink I'll give them that they do stink they smell kind of like pee and there's a procedure that I don't know if it's even done anymore but I know it was done where they could remove the vet could remove the scent glands they were still always stinky even when they were like quote-unquote de-scented but I just love them they're so cute and goofy uh, so maybe one day I'll I'll deal with the stink and I'll have one, uh, but so far I haven't. I have had several domestic rats, which will always be my favorite. They're phenomenal pets. Uh, but anytime we get a ferret, and I will tell you, I am definitely um, tempted. <laughs> um, another call I remember, and this one this one still makes me laugh too. I had a guy who called. And he was talking about how he was um, pet-sitting for his friend. And his friend had what he told me, this is what he told me, was a 14-foot boa constrictor. Um, Told me it wasn't friendly. And I'm assuming he wasn't afraid of snakes. Um, But he also told me that he couldn't find the snake. So the snake went missing. And I, I said, how? And he said he must not have closed the enclosure properly and I said well he's got to be in the house somewhere and he said yeah but my patio door was open or his the friend's patio door was open and it was you know open for quite some time so his question to me was should I go knock on doors and ask neighbors and I said well I mean if you want to completely cause a panic in the neighborhood I guess you can <laughs> To this day, I don't know if he ever found the snake. Um, It was a large snake. Oh, and another thing too, when I get calls like that, for curiosity's sake, even though that wasn't anything we could help out with, um, I do always ask where the occurrence is, just because I'm curious. And that one happened to be two streets over from me, but two blocks up, so it was right in my neighborhood. (laughs) And I thought, wow, can you imagine if I'm driving home and I... Actually, do find the 14-foot boa. That would be interesting. At least I knew where to return it. <laughs> but I never had anyone else call about it. So my thought is it was probably in his house. Uh, that would make the most sense. Um, I had another call one time, um, kind of along that that realm. Um, a guy called looking to <laughs> rehome his friend's 63 spiders that he owned and he thought we wanted them we didn't um again I had to ask oh casually where where's your friend live he didn't live anywhere near me but I'll tell you it's stuff like this that makes me really paranoid about like what if my neighbor has 63 spiders and they get loose you don't realize how many different worst case scenarios we actually hear in a day And it kind of makes me paranoid for some stuff (laughs) like something like that Um, we also get calls all the time where um, like stuff travels in shipment containers critters travel and that's more common than I would have ever thought before Uh, I remember getting a call for a plant and it was a big plant like one of the auto plants Um, they opened a box from I believe it was Mexico, but I could be wrong. It was somewhere, it was a warm climate. um, And they said a tarantula sized spider jumped out, and they wanted us to come and find it and get it. And I said, "Uh, no, (laughs) no, we will not. Um, But that one made me really uneasy because we've had that before. We've had, we actually had um, a scorpion that came from. God knows where. We had that in our care for a while. Um, We also, because we do uh, the animal control contract and we're right on a border city so if somebody gets arrested at the border and they have their pets we go get them. And we had a call one time for that exact scenario. A guy was arrested. Uh, The problem was he tied his very unfriendly German Shepherd around his waist so they weren't able to safely um, detain him. So we had to go out and help which we did and, and somehow got the dog away from him and basically we act as a holding facility so that way at least you know the dog is safe while the person is not with them. So we're getting ready to take this dog away and the border officer said no wait here And they handed a little um, enclosure with a tarantula in it, my favorite. Um, so I thought, you know, okay, they don't usually end up staying with us long because this person wasn't Canadian, so would end up going back to the States, um, in which he did. So he showed up probably like the next day or a couple days after and came and claimed his dog and he's getting signing the papers and we're like wait 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 we need a paper for your spider and he's like spider what are you talking about and we said well you got to claim your spider too your tarantula and he's like I don't have a spider would not take the spider with him so we ended up stuck with it um that ended up going to like an exotic um pet like specialist basically because in our area we can't adopt out something that's not from this area so basically the tarantula is not legal thankfully in our city which doesn't stop anybody from having them and it doesn't stop some places from selling them but us being connected to the city we we can't do that Um, so thankfully the spider didn't stick with us all that long (laughs) as long as he was gone before he had any chance to escape Uh, we did have one time, a similar situation with a snake. He, he hitched a ride and ended up in a plant with some auto parts. A um, little, little snake, not big at all, but super, super, super aggressive. Um, I forget what kind of snake he was, um, but definitely not from this area. Uh, from what we read, because we're not snake experts, especially not um, snakes from different countries... Um, But what from what we read, he wasn't venomous, but he was extremely aggressive. So I don't want to get bit by any snake. I really don't. I'm not afraid of snakes. The thought of getting bit by a snake really gives me the creeps. So this guy scared me. He was tiny, but he scared me. If you even went close to his aquarium, he would strike multiple times. So, and he was kind of fascinating. I'll admit that. So. I was looking one day and I thought, eh, I don't really like the, uh, the, the security of this enclosure, but me being paranoid, you know, that's just me, right? So I mentioned it to somebody and nobody jumped on board with me on it. Sure enough, the next day he was missing. Um, we never found him. We, we had, um, everybody looking, everybody looking and Places like where warmth would be. Um, I actually felt really bad for some of the people that uh, my co-workers that don't like snakes. Because can you imagine going into work every day and you know there's a loose snake somewhere. You don't know where. You don't know when it's going to show up. You don't know if you're going to be the one that finds it. And he's lurking. (laughs) And he was small enough to really be anywhere. Like there's no way you could ever find one that doesn't want to be found right that's that's not out in the open so to this day we never found him um no clue where he went um don't think he would have uh, survived our weather but of course when he went missing it was warm weather so he probably survived for a while um that was uh that was an interesting one we had another snake um many years ago that did get loose um, we used to get a lot of snakes um, because there was a lot of um, like drug seizures where police would break up drug houses, and for some reason they always had snakes. So we did a lot of uh, a lot of snake seizures, and for some reason a lot of them were very big snakes. Um, lately, we really don't get many snakes, and especially not ones of that size. Um, back then, it was pretty common for us to get like the big 10 footers that are heavier than you would actually realize they are until you're holding one. Um, We used to get that pretty often. And one of the times um, our officer was out, got the snake, and I'm I'm pretty sure she wasn't crazy about snakes, Um, but he got lost in the vehicle. And this was her vehicle. She drove 40 hours a week with no chance back then. We only had two vehicles, two officers. So there's was nothing else she can do. They didn't double up in the vehicle, so she had no choice. Um, she did one whole side of the city. The other officer did the other side. So they were in their trucks 40 hours, and she drove with that snake, God knows where, for at least a week and a half before she uh, came out to the vehicle and found him basking on her seat. <laughs> so she felt a lot better once he was accounted for. Um... Could, it could have been worse. It could have been the tarantula. <laughs> I think we all felt that way. Um, we had one crazy call, too, back when I just started. Maybe two months or so I was there. And I had been warned that as a part-timer, if I got a call, I needed to come in. And And I took that seriously. And As I said, Marilyn, the boss, terrifying. I wasn't going to say no to her. So one particular day I worked my full shift and I get a call at about 10 30 at night and again we didn't have caller ID answered the phone so my mom answered the phone and Lori Marilyn's on the phone well by this point she knew I was home I couldn't avoid her because again she was scary so I'm not gonna lie well they had a situation where there's um there's an American island that's close to us so were separated by a river and so I would say maybe about a half kilometer from where this island is to us um, what we were told was a caribou swam across and was on our side completely running amok downtown smashing up windows and stuff losing his mind so she was on scene with the person that was on call and she wanted me in the office because the problem was this wasn't a Canadian animal. So we can't just take the animal here and release it. There's a lot of um, laws with the the Ministry of Natural Resources that you have to abide by. Um, Even back then, there were a lot. Now I'm sure that's even stricter. So I needed to stay in the office and go through, we had the old fashioned Rolodex, (laughs) go through the Rolodex and call everybody on the planet that I can think of to see what we're going to do with this caribou, um, which actually turned out to be a very large deer, but in a different looking deer, if that makes sense. I don't remember exactly what, what the verdict was, but he was massive. Um, and back then we used to, our, our officers would tranquilize the animal. So they had like a, a shotgun tranquilizer and then we needed the vet to come to do the reversal drug. So when you go to re- release them, there's a reversal drug that the vet would give them. And the animal would be standing within two, two minutes. It was quick. So you had to be fast. So anyhow, they get this this big guy loaded into the back of our van, which was like a very large, um, like a full-size van, not a minivan, obviously, but a full-size van that had the whole, it had two seats and the whole back was sectioned off. So that's where this guy was in the back. And they tied him up even though he was um conked out. And here's me making eight million phone calls trying to find where this guy could go. And I'm new, so I I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the boss, Marilyn, kept getting on the, the radio and freaking out. And, and I'm in the building completely by myself. The whole building's dark and creepy and I ended up finding, because um, the problem was we couldn't get anybody to answer. Um, the U.S., their people, um, either they didn't answer or they refused to take the animal back because they said it, it. there's no proof that it wasn't a Canadian animal. So they had their own set of rules that they had to abide by also. So basically we were stuck keeping this animal. So I managed to find... Um, somebody we worked with that had a very um, large property that had woods and that was literally the best we can do. Nowadays um, it would be a whole different situation but back then that was the best we could do and that was the choice we had to go for. So by this point I finally get that figured out and they get back to the shelter and we don't have much time. This guy's going to start waking up on his own soon so we got to move. So we jump in the van. We have Marilyn driving, me as the navigator to get her to the place I set up, and poor Jean. Jean's in the back with the large quote-unquote caribou, um, and she's fine with that. Jean Jean was an adventurer. She loved it. So we're driving, and Marilyn was good at a lot of things, but she came unglued under pressure, and <laughs> This was a lot of pressure because we didn't have much time. I should mention the vet was following us too, so um, we had our little caravan going. And by this point now, it's got to be at least midnight, pitch black. Remember, I'm going off of a map, <laughs> and I'm panicking. I'm 21. I didn't have to ever give directions before. I barely was driving at this point, so I'm trying to give her directions. And and it's out in the county. I'm a city girl county's confusing it's pitch black out there there's no street lights and I'm telling her left and she would like go to turn right and I'm like no left and then she would wheel around to the left and like it it was almost like we were in a cop chase so we finally get out to this well I should say we almost get to the property and we hear a lot of kicking from the back he's starting to wake up and he's starting to kick the sides of the vehicle and the vehicle was shaking and poor Jean's in the back, trying to to hold on to his robes. Jean was maybe all of 110 pounds. Um, now she was extremely experienced. I'll give her that. So she had that going for her. Um, but she's in the back with this guy, and and we're trying to find where we got to go. And all of a sudden, Jean, who didn't panic, said, "Hurry up!" Because he was. She said his eyes were open. He was staring at her. So. Thankfully, we got to where we needed to go, like literally in the nick of time, and the vet came, and he told us, okay, we're going to untie these. I'm going to give them the the reverse, and you got to get the hell out of the way. I wasn't prepared for how quick this guy was going to jump up. Like, he jumped up fast, fast enough that I managed to jump up and onto the back of the vet's pickup truck. Me and him actually jumped, (laughs) and... Thank God the the deer took off into the woods, but I thought, oh my God, what have I got myself into? Um, but I did talk about it for days because, you know, as a 21-year-old, that was a pretty damn cool story. <laughs> um, and one of the other ones I think of that was sad slash creepy slash weird, um, I remember getting a call about a lady who... Um, didn't speak English and she had a shopping cart full of garbage bags and she kept slamming it into the side of a school and and school was in session. it was a grade school and actually it was not far from where I live now and uh, just repeatedly slamming it slamming it slamming it. And, and she didn't speak English so nobody knew what she was doing. so they called the police. Well we got called because when the police opened the garbage bags, there were bear parts, full-grown bear, bear paws, stuff like that. Uh, We don't have bears in our area, so we have no idea where this came from. No clue. Sadly, the police never did fill us in on the details of it. Um, We came, we took the parts, and we held them for the ministry because that's, that's a big situation that she was involved in, and but they never did update us, and I thought, wow, that's rude, because how the hell did this... Like, what, what was going on? Where did she get them from? What was she doing with them? Obviously, there was mental health involved, so whatever she was doing probably didn't make sense, but where did she get them from? Like, you can't just get bare parts in our area. I mean, maybe you can. I didn't think you could. Um, we get crazy calls. That's just... That's the tip of the iceberg, um just the tip of the iceberg I have so many more stories to share with you guys and I'm going to wrap this one up because I've already been talking for long enough and I'm going to save more stories for the next time so I hope you come back if you like my stories um, please hit the follow button and share you can share it if you want to Um, but if you hit the follow button you will get notified um, when I do my next episode so I hope you come back to listen thank you